This class is Le'ili Nishmas Harav Don Yoel Ben Harav Deiber Olav HaSholem. May his neshama have the highest aliyah. The title of this class is Frequently Asked Questions Regarding Pesach Food Essentials. This class is solely intended for educational purposes. It does not in any way replace a rav. Any questions regarding your standards should be discussed with your personal rav. We'll be discussing questions which come up often regarding basic Pesach food essentials. We will start with raw meat and chicken. Many are asking if they can use raw meat and chicken even if it does not have a special Kashlo Pesach certification on it, whether because they have it in their fridge or freezer and uh, they can't access anything else or that's what's available in the stores. So there is a hider in general by all Pesach things that the food should be prepared l'shem Pesach. The explanation is because when you're preparing something specifically under Pesach supervision, extra precautions are taken, extra lookout is uh, is done, and there's everything is made sure to be a thousand percent sure. There's no possible chashash of chametz. However, when something is just being done stam, not for Pesach, there's a chance, even if it's not common, there's a chance that something may happen, and uh, therefore. There is a hidr always to get something which was specifically done kashal pesach. Nevertheless, uh, regarding rami and chicken, if someone can get rami and chicken that was done specifically for pesach, so all OU raw meat and chicken is kashal pesach year round and does not have to say kashal pesach on it. This is as long as it is in the original packaging. Once it was repackaged in a butcher shop, then uh, it, it does not apply anymore. And you have to find out from the Hashgacha of the butcher shop if it's um, chametz free. This does not apply to ground beef. Ground beef depends on the factory, depends on the company. Some of them are kashal pesach year round, some of them aren't. So you need to find out specifics about the company you are using specifically. Now, other companies which are not under the OU also, as well, are acceptable to use as long as one washes them well before using, and that they bought it before Pesach, and they wash it well before using, you can also use any rami and chicken from other companies if it's washed well. Regarding, uh, next thing is raw salmon or fish, or whether it's fresh or frozen. So fresh fish um, could be purchased even without a special Kashal Pesach certification. And a person just needs to follow all the guidelines we have set in the past regarding kashrus of fish and the guide that we put out, how to buy uh, fish fillets. So follow all those guides, follow whatever it says in that guide for fish. Regarding frozen, however, it's a drop different, and uh, there's some you have to be a little more careful when it comes to frozen fish on Pesach. So regarding frozen fish, farmed salmon is fine, even frozen, and one can use it. Again, one should always wash it off beforehand, and it's better to buy this fish before Pesach. Regarding wild salmon, since wild salmon can only be caught at certain times of the year, um, it cannot be provided year-round fresh. And therefore, before freezing it, uh, many companies will glaze it with a type of glaze. Sometimes the glaze is just water and salt, sometimes there's sugar added, and sometimes even there's corn syrup added to is glazed. The reason why they glaze the fish is in order to protect the fish from dehydration, from drying out while it's frozen for so long. 
Now, obviously, if there is corn syrup solids in the water and the glaze, it would be a problem of kidneys. So one wants to wants someone should have, people should avoid using wild frozen salmon, and many times stores will sell wild salmon that's unfrozen, but most of the time it will say previously frozen because it's not it's very hard to get throughout the year fresh uh, wild salmon. Therefore, a person should look out for that. Nevertheless, if this is the only thing a person can get, the it's it's technically mutter halachically to use such fish on Pesach. First of all, because the corn syrup is bottle in a mixture of water, and therefore, essentially, one could, halakhically, uh, kidneys is bottle, and, uh, you know, it's fine to even eat it as is. If someone has no option, no other option, and they don't feel comfortable consuming uh, even kidneys that are bottle, if you wash the fish off once it was thawed, that will wash off the glaze, and it is fine to use for Pesach. Regarding eggs... So there's a hidra that eggs should be bought before Pesach. The reason for that is that there's a potential concerns with eggs is that, first of all, there's an opinion in halacha that if a chicken is fed a diet which is exclusively chametz and its entire life source is chametz, since chametz is asr bahana on Pesach, there's an opinion that says that if the entire life force of this animal, its entire diet is chametz, which is asr bahana, the product that it makes is also asr ba'na, is also forbidden to have any benefit from. And we are chayshish, we are concerned with this opinion. This only applies during Pesach. If one buys the eggs before Pesach, before Pesach, chametz is not asr ba'na, and once we bought the eggs while they were in a... While, if the eggs were laid before Pesach in that state, the eggs have no issue of coming from an animal that's being fed, something that's asr ba'na, and such eggs could be eaten. Therefore, some are mahadra to buy all their eggs before Pesach. Therefore, they could be 100% sure that their eggs are, are, were laid before Pesach and there's no issue of the possible diet of the chicken, whether it was eating uh, a fully chametz diet. If someone ran out of eggs and is looking and needs eggs on Pesach, there's a way to check the date when the eggs were packaged in their carton. And based on that, you can know uh, if the eggs were laid before Pesach, and if they were laid before Pesach, you can buy them even during Pesach, and uh, that it wouldn't be an issue. The way to f- find out when eggs were packaged is on the side of an egg box. Look at the picture attached with this shear. Is that this, on the side of an egg box there is a three-digit code, which is called the Julian date. It follows the Julian calendar. The way the Julian calendar is that the entire year from January 1st till the last day of the year is has a special number, a specific number. January 1st is reflected as 001, and January 2nd as 0002, so on and so forth, until December 31st of the year is number 365. Then generally there's a rule that companies could package eggs up to 30 days from when they were laid. So even if a thing, something was packaged on Pesach, it most probably wasn't laid on Pesach, nevertheless, you don't want to take a chance. But for sure, if it was packaged before Pesach, you know it was laid before Pesach, and you can use those eggs. Now, another concern which can uh, come up with eggs is that the eggs are washed at a low temperature with water 
that contains sometimes a drop of chametz additive, or sometimes it could be a kidneyous additive. Now, this is usually washed off, and it's not really present on the egg, but some are concerned with that, therefore there is a hider of buying, that's why there's a hider also buying before Pesach, because before Pesach the solution, the chametz, the possible chametz in the solution is bottle. However, on Pesach it would be more problematic. If someone had to, ran out of eggs and had to buy eggs on Pesach, they can wash off the eggs well and then cook them. There's also a minig amongst many to have a special egg pot that only cooks eggs because of this concern that things could have touched the shell or the way it's washed or other concerns of chametz. Another concern is that sometimes eggs are stamped with a ink and this ink could be uh, is based with alcohol. The alcohol could be kidneys or chametz. So... Really, technically, once the stamp is stamped, the alcohol usually evaporates and there's not much left of it. There's some are mahadr to um, only buy such eggs before Pesach due to this concern. Another, now, next, next thing is water. So, bottled water, if it's pure spring water, it's fine. However, if it's purified water, what they do is they add, they, they add additives to the water so that it should taste uh, good, it should taste like regular water. Now, these additives could sometimes be chametz or kidneys, and the person needs to be careful to make sure that the additives are fine. Now, in theory, these additives are added to the water before Pesach and are definitely bottled. Nevertheless, a person should avoid uh, relying on that and should use water without any questions. Attached with the shear in a text are certain additives which are okay if, if found in bottled water, and a person can use bottled water even if they have those additives. The next thing is salt. Salt, um, pure. the best salt to use is pure, real sea salt, uh, or Himalayan salt is also very, is the least processed. So pure sea salt or pure Himalayan salt, these are the least processed salts, they basically are not processed. And there's a hither some have to use specifically coarse salt, so that you can easily go through it and you know see if there's anything else mixed into it. However, once salt is ground, sometimes something could have gotten mixed in, maybe a little flowers, and uh, you wouldn't see it. However, if the salt is coarse, you can go through it and see if there's any foreign matter. But it's a hither that's not required halakhically. If the salt is pure sea salt, pure Himalayan salt, it's totally fine. In addition, regular salt as well is fine as long as there is no iodine added to the salt. The reason is because iodine is applied to salt in a carrier, which is likely kidneyous and could potentially be chamet as well. Although it is butl, definitely butl b'shishim, still one should not be relying on that. Um, in, ad- in addition, there are some additives that are added to salt, which someone could be concerned with. Attached with the shear is a list of additives which are not a concern in non-iodized salt. Sugar. Although in the past, white granulated sugar was not a problem in Pesach. Lately, there has been issues, and white sugar should only be used if it has extra for Pesach. Some have a minag to boil their sugar. It is not specifically a chabad minag. It's a minag that some people have in their families, or it's, uh, that's based on uh, halachic reasoning, which is beyond the scope of the shir. Some don't use sugar at all. The Rebbeim used to not use sugar uh, someone asked the Rebbe whether chassidim should be using sugar or not, and the Rebbe answered that if there's a possible chash of chametz, then one should be avoiding the sugar. 
However, if it's produced without any chashash chametz, there's no reason to refrain from sugar. A person should follow what the Rav tells them and what they've been, what they've been doing in their family. Powdered sugar, however, has starches added to it in order to avoid clumping, and the starches could be um, kidneys and possible even chametz or chametz equipment, and therefore powdered sugar must have a kashal pesach hashgacha. Nuts have been discussed in a text that we sent out, and that's detailed over there. Milk could have vitamins uh, added to it, which are either kidneys or even chametz. In addition, by milk, there's the concern we mentioned earlier by eggs, is that if the diet of the cow is only, is made basically exclusively chametz, then milk that would be milked on Pesach from this cow would be it cannot be used because it's uh, being it's coming from a cow which is being fed iser, uh, solely isra no. However, if the milk was bought before Pesach, it's not a concern. Practically speaking, uh, any uh, milk which is chalav Israel uh, is is milked before Pesach, so we don't have to be concerned about it being milked on Pesach. And uh, but since there could be vitamins added to the, there is vitamins added to the milk that could be kidneys or chametz, milk has to have a kashal Pesach certification. If for whatever reason a person cannot get kashal Pesach milk and the only milk available is one that doesn't have a kashal Pesach certification, but the ever the person could buy the milk as long as he's buying it before Pesach, since the vitamins uh, added are bottle and before Pesach it is bottle and a person could rely on that if they really need the milk and there's nothing else available. Regarding olive oil, so regular olive oil is processed with heat in order to remove undesirable odors, and this processing could be on equipment that you that was used for kidneys, and sometimes even could be there could be possible chamet issues. Extra virgin olive oil that's cold pressed is not processed with heat, and therefore many permit the use of extra virgin olive oil on Pesach without and any kashal pesach Some are concerned that all olive oils, including extra virgin olive oil, could be adulterated with kidneys oils, and they are not comfortable using even extra virgin olive oil unless it had it has a proper kashal pesach which really makes sure that the source of this olive oil is pure olive oil. Um, honey, honey many times could be adulterated with kidneys. And although it's less than 50% of the product, and it's the theory it's bottle, nevertheless, a person should be avoid, avoid such problems. In addition, honey is heated in order to package it, and the equipment where it's heated on could be problematic. Sometimes other sauces could be, chametzik sauces could be packaged on that same equipment. Therefore, honey should have a kashal pesach certification. If a person finds out from a specific hashgacha that a specific company is pure and has no issue of equipment and all that, then a person could use that honey. However, it needs to be looked into. Um, seltzer, the carbon dioxide that gives the gas in the seltzer is commonly produced from harmless sources, or it could be produced from kidneys. Sometimes it could also be coming from chametz fermentations. There are some companies that buy their carbon dioxide from beer breweries, and uh, that could be problematic. Some places can hold that carbon dioxide produced from chametz is mutter on Pesach and is not considered an issue. Some hold it's forbidden. Therefore, unless one knows the source of the carbon dioxide, a person should avoid seltzer, uh, and uh, they should only buy kashal Pesach seltzer. Flavored seltzer, for sure, is, kash- is Pesach uh, sensitive and needs to have a kashal Pesach uh, hashgacha. Tea, some have a minig from past generations to not use tea, because back in the days, many years ago, some tea bags were sometimes recycled, and it could have been there was different um, chametz concerns. However, today, that's not the case. 
uh, if someone has that family minhag, they should continue keeping that family minhag or speak to the Rav regarding that. However, today, black, green, white, yellow, oolong, and jasmine tea are all essentially kosher of Pesach and do not need kosher of Pesach certification. However, if they're decaffeinated, the way the, caffeinated process, the, the decaffeination process works is that they use a water mixed with some chemicals in order to remove the caffeine and sometimes the chemicals used could be a problem of chametz. Therefore, a person decaffeinated tea can only be used if it has kosher Pesach certification. It happens to be that the Lipton decaffeinated tea bags with the OU are acceptable for Pesach, even though there isn't a OUP, they are still fine. Obviously, any flavored teas uh, would be a problem, as well as herbal teas are not acceptable for use on Pesach. Regarding coffee, all unflavored ground coffee beans are acceptable for Pesach. If a person is grinding their own beans in a grinder, you have to make sure the grinder is 100% clean. Regarding Keurig K-cups, sometimes the K-cups um, in the process in order so that they could brew more quickly, uh, the coffee grounds are moistened and dried in a process called agglomeration, and uh, there could be uh, concerns with the equipment, there could be chametz in addition, sometimes they could add starch as well to the uh, K-cups, therefore K-cups, even if they're 100% pure coffee, unflavored, need to have kashal pesach or at least should be on a list uh, that it's fine to use. The OU has a long list of all the K-cups, that are okay to use, even though they don't have an OUP. Decaffeinated coffee, as we mentioned earlier by tea, decaffeination could have an issue of chametz, and therefore needs kashal pesach certification. It happens, it happens to be that Folgers decaf coffee is fine with just an OU, and, not, and doesn't need the OUP. Instant coffee, instant coffee could have an issue, uh, sometimes they add maltodextrin to the coffee, and this source of that could either be chametz or kidneys, or something harmless, uh, however, it's the, this concern is only by spray-dried coffee and not by freeze-dried coffee. The difference b- between two is that spray-dried is that they t- the, the way instant coffee is made is that they brew coffee, and they have now a coffee liquid, and then they remove the liquid from that, and what's left is basically instant coffee. And the way to dry it, well, one process is to put it on a spray-dryer, which instantly removes all the liquid, and all that's left is just the coffee concentrated dried, or there's a freeze-dried process which takes about 24 hours, we're not going to get into all the details, but freeze-dried, there's no concern of possible chametz or kidneys added, and is fine without any ashgacha, however, spray-dried coffee could have the additives and um, therefore needs kashal pesach ashgacha. To know the difference between freeze-dried and spray-dried, spray-dried, the coffee usually turns into a powder, and then they take that, that powder and they clump it together, so the clumps look very grainy and very very powdery. However, freeze-dried, each piece of coffee is smooth and in color, and it has a lighter color, and it's very smooth. It doesn't look grainy or powdery. Uh, I see the attached pictures to the shear for clarity on that. Regarding dried fruit, um, some dried fruits, particularly apricots and dates, could be coated with wheat or oat flour. As well, the, the dried fruit could be uh, covered with kidneys oils, and therefore a person should not uh, use dried fruit unless they have kashal pesach hashkacha. Some people have a minag not to use dried fruit at all based on the fact that in the past no one knew exactly how it was processed and there could have been possible chametz. If that's someone's family minag, they should keep to that or speak to the Rav Mashbia on how to go about. May you all have a kosher and frilchen and gesund in Pesach and only revealed good.